0: Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity, and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. Hello everybody, and welcome to the worst podcast on Mars, also known as... I'm not touching this one. (laughs) I'm Amanda.
1: Are you gonna be the Grinch? Well, not the Grinch and not... 39 and a half foot pole evan that's that okay keep going evan <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Nobody> <laughs> me evan you manda <laughs> this is the podcast where we talk music and this is our, is our longer episode where we give you the history of an album and how well it did why it was important this week we're doing nwa i'm i'm excited about this one but before we get into that do you have any corrections from last week
1: I don't even remember what we did last week, so I'm going to say no.
0: Last week was uh, REM, Automatic for the People.
1: No, because at the time of recording, I have not finished editing. So I don't know if I have any corrections. Gotcha. Um,
0: I have a correction.
1: You did something wrong?
0: Back when we did some... We've recorded so many. We're try, trying to get a little ahead before we, because we have some things going on in the spring. Um, I had mentioned and I I want to say it was in the REM episode where I talked about it, an episode that was coming up where this group did something in to, in response to a cultural event. Okay. I was talking about NWA. I I I misspoke. The information is not necessarily incorrect. It just came out incorrect. I means- I
1: th- I vaguely remember that. I think that's you and I had the conversation episode.
0: off mic, and I'm going to address it here. But I did want to point out I did make a mistake in in speaking about it. But I, I am going to talk about that here in this episode. But I wanted to, to bring it up. Um, should I even bother with grievances? No, no. All right, I'm gonna get into it. This week we're doing N.W.A. Straight Outta Compton. It was released August 8th, 1988, and is the number 108 on that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list. Um, so be- before I get started in the history of it, um, we did watch the movie Straight Outta Compton. I am not talking about, I, I might talk, what? Your hand was up.
1: No, go ahead. No.
0: I don't want to bring up anything about the movie until we do our reviews. That's fine. But um, I thought it was very interesting that we, we actually had a chance to sit down and watch something else related to it. So it wasn't just reading and reporting. It, it was a nice nice addition to it. A little extra research that, like, like all movies that are based in truth, they are based... In truth, this one I thought it was a little little more interesting because you had Dr. Dre as a producer and you had Eazy-E's girlfriend, uh, well, technically wife, as a producer. Yeah, I think... And Ice Cube's son played Ice, Ice Cube. Cube. So you had a little more factual, factual things happening in the movie because people were there that could tell you what happened. Um, kind of...
1: It's it's completely different, but it's kind of the same thing with Bohemian Rhapsody that uh,
0: Roger and Brian, right?
1: They were in it technically. So is Adam Lambert mm-hmm. for a point, but they weren't like a major character. So I don't know what behind the scenes stuff they wanted. Although uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was going to play Freddie Mercury, and that's not the type of story that they wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. So I would think they had some kind of influence. In, influence so it's more.
0: You would think, but again, again, we weren't there. Yeah, had no involvement in it. So, but I'm not going to use any of that in my history or cultural. I I want to talk about that in the review section. So, so uh, straight out of Compton, it details the lives of NWA members, which were up to seven at this point, um, and told their stories over turntable scratches, samples from other songs, drum-heavy beats and included and this is straight from britannica.com okay okay so it's a quote aggressive often profane lyrics it's like say what i don't i don't think that's accurate (laughs) clutch my pearls there's profanity in this album (laughs) um his songs were uncensored and were about dealing uh about drug dealing gang activity women and Police Brutality, with Ice Cube calling it Reality Rap. It is also the group's debut studio album. So they did have an album together as a group that wasn't like an official album. It might have been like one or two songs.
1: Okay, so I, they would have... I Without getting into it, because I was going to look at it, so it's possible that they released an EP or a single before they did this.
0: Yes. Yeah, so this was their... Debut studio album. Uh, NWA was sort of a super group in its own right. Dr. Dre and Yella came from world-class wrecking crew and were credited with successfully fusing R&B and rap. Ice Cube was part of CIA, not THE CIA, and had notoriety on the album Street Street Sounds Hip Hop. Eazy-E was popular for single Boys in the Hood, which was written by Ice Cube. You had all this massive talent coming together. It was awesome. Amazing. Arguably. Argu. What? Uh,
1: I'm looking at. I right, was on wiki, so I was looking at like a catalog. Of course you on wiki, yep. Uh, NWA and the Posse is a compilation album. Re-releasing uh, NWA and Associated Group's underground rap songs from the LA area's rap scene on November 6th, 1987. Uh, it is regarded as their first but neglected album okay so so they did a little bit of stuff but it's it's kind of like no it's kind of like um power metal or metal magic from pantera yes it exists but nobody really associates it with it or or gives it any attention
0: thank you wikipedia through evan
1: you're welcome
0: um arguably their biggest song fuck the police was also their most controversial, which we will talk more about later in Cultural Impact. So, slow your roll, Evan. Those are words I actually wrote here. Slow your roll, Evan. Um, you can tell when I've got, when I'm doing some of these notes at, at the time, you can tell when I've got some spunk because I'll throw little shades at you here and <laughs> in there. And I don't
1: know why. I mean, I'm...
0: Look at me and say that with a straight face.
1: I just said I'm.
0: Uh
1: like dog food.
0: Mm. Um, so, Fuck the Police. Biggest and most controversial song. Um, the FBI even got involved sending a warning letter to NWA and Priority Records. Although the song wasn't getting much radio tension, it's possible that the FBI's involvement all- only helped to boost interest into the album as it hit 750,000 sold before the group started their 1989 tour. Priority Records decided to publish the letter, gaining a free bit of marketing.
1: Yeah, I could, I would think that'd be the, not necessarily smart, but from a business point, it'd be a smart move.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. So, um, I remember back when we talked Rush and Will Smith that I mentioned these artists saw a specific vision of what they wanted. And they didn't care what anyone thought. With Rush they were advised not to make another concept album but they did anyway and 2112 was a huge success for them. With Will Smith he made the conscious decision not to swear in his music and then he wanted a more wholesome approach and that worked. They stood behind their music and they didn't want to change. It was the same for N.W.A. with Compton. Uh, they were criticized for the severity of their lyrics, but the groups took a stand, noting that they didn't want to sugarcoat their own reality and experiences. Their music spoke about actual stuff happening to them and around them. They were even arrested after playing Fuck the Police in Detroit in 1989 as a riot began outside the venue. They were using their... I skipped an entire. I, I
1: have a question for you what? real quick. So... They, they played fuck the police. Mm-hmm. They got arrested. Mm-hmm. There was a riot. Mm-hmm. Was there a riot because they were arrested? Or they did they get arrested because there was a riot?
0: They were arrested because, as the movie said, and I know I said it, we weren't going to talk about movie, but they were told, you can't sing that. But that. That conversation, okay, in the movie... They have a, a scene where the group is talking to the police right before the um, Detroit show. And the police was like, per Detroit rules and laws, you cannot do this. You cannot do this. I think they said you can't square and you will not play fuck the police. Okay. And the group decided to do it anyway. So they were arrested because they did fuck the police and they just did everything that the police told them not to do
1: and then the riots, riots, were, riots right.
0: happened because they saw the fans saw them getting arrested okay. for no reason and essentially yeah yes and, and it's happened you we've talked before whether it was on mic or or off we've talked before about other artists being arrested at their concerts for doing something that was illegal wherever they were in terms of didn't somebody get arrested for like nudity or
1: i i don't know the only thing i can think of it and she didn't get arrested for it was the whole saturday night live
0: oh yeah that's not that's not what i'm talking about
1: um i think elvis costello was told that he couldn't play I think it was radio. Radio started playing something else. Cut the song. Started playing it, and I think was banned from SNL. So it's not.
0: I'm not talking SNL.
1: I know, but it's it's not. There are. It's not as severe, but there are. There have been other artists that have basically been told, "Hey, you can't do this." And have done it anyway. And have done it anyway.
0: Right, but that's. So that that's what happened. They so they they were arrested. And the riot started outside the venue but this was their truth and they weren't afraid afraid of the people in quote-unquote authority trying to take them down they were using their platform to raise awareness about the horrible things happening Um, in a lot of our episodes we talk about the racial impact of some of these albums and how they cross racial barriers or caused a controversy or acceptance across the lines and this album was no different NWA were taking criticisms from both sides. On the black side, they were viewed as spreading the quote-unquote black misogyny street thug stereotype. While on the white side, they were viewed explicitly as this stereotype. Again, when we talked to Will Smith, I mentioned that he made the black man seem less scary to a white audience. Compton was part of the reason white audiences felt that way, albeit a very small part. Despite this, a majority of hip-hop consumers are white, so they were capitalizing on this. They didn't care about breaking a stereotype or what audiences thought of them. They used it to sell records and make money, which kind of sounds like the wrong reasons to make music, but it was much more than that. They were still telling their truth, so it wasn't like they were selling out. Yeah. And I found that kind of interesting. Okay, okay, maybe I should... Skip my rule. No opinions on the movie. Okay. okay. But th- when we watched it, I had these notes already done. Okay. So there were a lot of things I could see in there that I was like, oh, I talk about this. Or I talk about this. And so it's like that helped me knowing, going into that movie, knowing this stuff. You had little to no knowledge. And so you just, you viewed it knowing the group and you knew fuck the police. Pretty, pretty much. much. So there was, I...
1: I knew very little. I knew Ice Cube ended up having... Issues? No, more of a... He left music industry and is known more as an now actor. primarily as an actor. Right. And I knew of The Chronic. Mm-hmm. And I knew maybe... I can't even tell you which one it is, but I knew of an Easy E song. Mhm. So I knew of some of the After.
0: Right. So in the movie it really focuses on the relationship that Easy E had with their manager Jerry and it was kind of like those two in cahoots against everybody else, kind of screwing over everybody else, but you come to find out that Jerry was playing Easy E the whole time and just like spending all the money, screwing him over. And there, I don't know if you remember. It was the scene where they did their first big concert where they were trying to get a record company to sign them. Okay. And Jerry was like giving them this pep talk. He's like, I took a shot on you guys. I've got, I think it was like three people here. Scare them. They think you're scary. Scare the shit out of them. Yeah. And that's kind of what they did. So Easy e was the only one out of this group that had, had, like, been the drug dealer part. Like, did anything with it. Everybody else was...
1: Had actually... Never mind. I, I had a thought, and I'm not sure exactly how to word it.
0: Every I'm, I'm not saying everybody else was squeaky clean. Yeah. Um, they were a product of their environment more than anything. Yeah. They were harassed and, and um, just belittled by the police... Because of the color of their skin and because of other people that they knew and- and- like I said, I'm not saying that- I don't know these people. I don't know their story- their exact story. I don't know what they did day to day. Did they do some shady- shady shit? Probably. I don't know. Were they saints? They could have been. But- 99.9% 99.9% of it was just a product of their environment yep. and circumstance. And that's not just Compton. That is everywhere still. Um, so it's um, when they, that manager said, go, go scare them. They played heavy on that stereotype, but their music, like I said, it didn't change. Everything that they were rapping about was shit that was happening to them. So it was just bringing all that in the limelight. And some people, you know, they, they kind of played into that stereotype. And um, it, for better or for worse, but I, I think it, it's, it's an important album.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking up something. Go ahead.
0: Okay, um, so it should be noted that NWA's themes didn't start with the group and shouldn't be assumed that this is the explicit black culture in America. Just like one wouldn't take the word of a folk singer like Bob Dylan or Simon and Garfunkel as 100% truth of the American experience. It's their version of the truth based on their personal experience. It's not a one-size-fits-all. But thanks to Compton, groups like NWA and Public Enemy have created a subgenre, sorry, subgenre, known as edutainment, which is hip-hop, which is pop, which is punk rock, which is hardcore, and can also be considered the latest chapter in the history of folk music. So, in a way, it's just harder folk music. It was, folk music really talks about, well, I mean, an argument can be made, all songs talk about life, and politics, and love, and whatever, but folk music was kind of typically that way. You th- you you think folk and hippie music kind of tie together? They talk about peace, love. You
1: think more political? Yeah, especially with the Dylan.
0: Era. Yeah, because Dylan that, and the era it was in.
1: That's the that's to me the first one that comes to mind when and, you think like like the because there you have the the whole like you can talk folk or like the whole eastern european that kind of mm-hmm. but when you're when you most people primarily t- think folk music i would think that they would go to dylan and they would associate that with like the early political
0: right right that essentially this is what that was just updated for the times and for the the music that they like the music that their their people in the area liked you know it was hip hop It was just, like, folk music, but make it hip-hop. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, One critic noted that Compton was a social commentary. It had a mix of politics, education, and entertainment that made it one of the most punk albums to come from the U.S., despite being a hip-hop album from cover to cover. He goes on to note that M... Okay, I'm not going to say this last name right. I think it's Doughty, D-O-U-G-H-T-Y... Um, of soul coughing has said oh i
1: know soul coughing okay Okay. i at least know who you're talking about
0: he has said that there's no such thing as quote unquote dangerous music that's a claim that makes complete sense but at the age of 14 straight out of compton became the first record that i could get in trouble for listening to around my mom and that was all the danger i needed to love it it was one of those like forbidden things you know um the video for straight out
1: it's his tlc it's like
0: <laughs> like it was my dad.
1: Real quick, mm-hmm. so you're talking about the audition, quote unquote audition. According to the movie, the song they played was "Dope Man." Mm-hmm. According to Setlist FM, that was actually the second show they played. There was a that was March 11th of '87. Mm-hmm. It was in Compton. The only thing on the track list is "Dope Man." Okay. There's a date um, from April 19th of 1986 at the Apollo Theater with no set list attached to it. So, it's possible that there's an earlier uh, performance by them.
0: Isn't the Apollo in New York somewhere?
1: Yeah. I,
0: so, I'm thinking that information is incorrect.
1: They, that's... Well, they had... A couple, we we said that they released some material beforehand. So I, it. Yeah, I but could,
0: these were kids with no money.
1: I know. I, They're
0: not going to go to the Apollo and put on their very first concert based on nothing.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm saying that. Get
0: your information off my podcast.
1: <laughs> your podcast? Yep.
0: Uh, the video for Straight Outta Compton was also banned from MTV. In a 1990 interview, Ice Cube noted that rap has brought black kids and white kids closer together thanks to rap white kids are gaining a better understanding and a new respect for black culture rap has done nothing but bring people together so what's the problem and i love that quote because he's absolutely right and i i like that because it's it's again it's music shouldn't be music for any particular group you know, there should not be music that's specifically for white people or music specifically for black people. It should be music for people who like yeah, the way just, it sounds. Just
1: music for people.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and he, you know, in nineteen ninety, he's like, I don't give a shit. You know, these people they like it. Who gives a shit? What was that face about?
1: I'm I'm trying to find the Detroit show, so I'm going back through shows. Apparently, they played in Toledo.
0: I'm not surprised. Okay, so fun fact, and this is my last thing before you move on to culture. uh, NWA also got a boost from an Australian radio host. DJ Triple J was able to play Fuck the Police on air for six months before politicians and management, which was controlled by ABC, figured it out, demanding he stop. Triple J decided to play Express Yourself on repeat for 24 hours as a response. So I thought that was interesting. Anything else you want to say before I get into the culture? And please note that I do have a lot for the culture, so try not to bring anything up that I might have. Thank you.
1: Do you have anything more on Detroit? No. Okay. So the first, I found the, I'm, I'm assuming this is it because it's got, it's only got, it's a very short set list. It was the Joe Louis Joe Arena in, I think so. in Detroit. So they played straight out of Compton and then they played fuck the police and that was it. So it was, it was early on.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm imagining that they were very pissed off being told by a white cop to shut your damn mouth. Yeah.
1: Note, members of NWA are briefly detained by Detroit police after chaining a few lines from fuck the police. Yeah. And there's, there's apparently one user that was there. Oh, really? So I'd be, I'd be interested to find.
0: You want to ask my mom if she skipped school for that one too? Yeah. That
1: was Hi, a mom. Bit, uh, that was a little bit later.
0: Okay, so into the cultural impact and the reviews. Um, Fuck the Police was criticized for its depiction of violence towards police. The song paradoxes a criminal trial where the prosecutors criticize the police for stereotyping, falsely arresting, and even brutalizing minorities. While the lyrics were initially alarming due to the violence it suggested against the police, it was insanely effective in generating a much needed conversation about racism within the police force. The song gained popularity again just a few years later because of the Rodney King beating and is continued to be used as a protest song today. Rolling Stone originally called it a bombastic, cacophonous car ride through Los Angeles los angeles's burnt out and ignored hoods and it was the first rap album ever to receive a five-star review
1: straight out of compton or fuck the police
0: straight out of compton because okay. i said album um that's where i misspoke because i had said in in the rem episode that that it was a response to rodney king
1: and then it, yeah this was first
0: rodney king beating was so important because it was the first one caught on tape And um, if you are a true crime listener, like I am, you know... That's all you listen to. You know there are so many cases out of L.A. where the police did a shit job. Like, cases like um, the Black Dahlia, who is Elizabeth Short, um, the East Area Rapist is one Zodiac? Uh maybe well Zodiac was a little harder because they still I think they know who he is now. I think they figured it out, but um,
1: Well I don't think they knew who Black Dahlia was at the time.
0: They they figured it out they knew.
1: I think it took a while though.
0: Not too long.
1: Okay. I maybe can I'll tell you that.
0: a little bit about that off air. Um the dating game killer was another yep. where And those are just three. I think Richard Ramirez was another one. But just a few examples where police had good information. And they either didn't do the job. Or they lost evidence. Or, like, they bungled the investigation. It's just one thing after another. And in hearing these stories, it's almost comical. And seeing these things happen you you hear the term seeing is believing and you know you have these situations where okay again you take the movie they had a couple scenes where it was depicted where basically the cops would harass these people for nothing
1: one was recording like right before recording
0: right and um and it's just they they learned just shut your mouth and go through with it don't provoke them even though they knew they really were doing nothing wrong but really who's going to believe them they knew that
1: that sounds like a uh another situation that still continues but that's a whole it, other it story. Is.
0: So Rodney King's thing was so important because it was the first one that you see an aggressive beating of a black man who was pulled over and there was no reason for it. And so it, it riled people up because, I, again, I don't, I did not, look, this is not a, re, a research podcast on the Rodney King yeah. case. So... I'm only, like, getting this information. Like, I knew of the case a little bit, the the story.
1: I knew of it. And just reading a
0: little bit here. But people were upset because I don't think a lot was being done against the cop or cops. I'm not entirely sure. I think
1: there were four.
0: So, it like, people rioted. Downtown L.A. was insane. And they were using this song as its anthem because so many people it, i think it was clicking for so many people it not it for the people that were already experiencing it they understood but it was now it was right in front of everybody's face through the news and so they were they were like oh my god this really is happening this is this is happening i can't can't believe it fuck the police. Like this this shit's got to change. And we obviously that see that it has not changed much, you know, cuz you still see things George Floyd and Brianna Taylor and stuff that are still happening happening I, now.
1: I don't remember was Ferguson part of this? I think so. I I vaguely remember hearing it and
0: The sad part is there's so many. And it's
1: unfortunate that I can't remember the exact details because it everything blends together
0: yeah and so it's not just LA anymore but this song still rings very true today and is getting to the point where I'm getting tired of saying that over so so many of these songs that we find where like like they're talking about social injustice or political injustice and they're 30 40 50 years old it's like are we learning anything no the answer is no I'm going to (laughs) continue So uh, we've talked about so many artists that became popular because of how relatable they are. Offhand, the biggest one I can think of was Eminem. Uh, he was rapping about home life in a way that was a lot more relatable to everyone. And in my opinion, that's what NWA was for young black people. It was an eye-opener to those that don't believe this stuff happened and, and still happens, like we were just talking about. Um, Kendrick Lamar. He was inducting NWA into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and noted that the fact that a famous group can look just like one of us and dress like one of us, talk like one of us, proved to every single kid in the ghetto that you can be successful and still have importance while doing it. I think Kendrick Lamar is also from Compton. Um, it was powerful and it brought light to a dark subject that needs to be addressed. In a 1989 LA Times interview, Ice Cube noted Our music isn't shocking to people who know that world. And he was right. If this was your everyday life, why would it be shocking? It was shocking to those white people in suburban America and had people clutching their pearls. It was necessary to open the eyes of people who refused to see what was happening. The best quote I read in all of my research was from USA Today. While critics smeared straight out of Compton as obscene, NWA challenged the supremacy of mainstream society, asking why their lived experiences could would be deemed too shocking to produce as valid art. It might not be my experience, but it was theirs, and for some, it's still their experience today. So, that's why this album is so important, because it... When people say, you know, if let's say 4th of July, I want an American playlist okay do you have any idea what songs would be on that like I the very first one that comes to mind is leave Greenwoods God bless the USA
1: I was thinking born in the USA which I believe if I am not mistaking his songs that's actually not as patriotic a song as you think but mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a later episode
0: but the, it's, to me, the stereotypical like Americana music, is done by white men.
1: Mhm. I would make an argument for Southern.
0: Southern white, yeah, and NWA, their music, is still the American experience. And it's an American experience for too many Americans. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's important. Um, NWA is credited for bringing West Coast hip hop mainstream and making it a commercial success, making rap the top selling genre, not only in the US, but worldwide, bringing to light the issues of urban life to suburban audience, inspiring multiple genres outside of hip hop, like cake and Limp Biscuit and putting South Central L.A. on equal footing with other predominantly black communities across the nation. You just aggressively pointed at me, what?
1: I get Limp biscuit. I don't get, you said cake? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to send you my list of resources, and you can read through every single one to find the one that said that. And you can read the whole sentence that they said. Because I don't remember what it was. I did this note three weeks ago. <laughs> and you don't
1: remember which one it was. It's it's just very interesting. Because one of those three is definitely not one of like these the other.
0: is not like the other. Um, so the singles released were Straight out of Compton, Gangsta Gangsta, and Express Yourself. Uh, one of the very few clean tracks off the album. And clean is in quotes.
1: Well, that That's still on uh apple music is labeled as explicit
0: mm-hmm. um it hit number 37 on the billboard top 200 album chart and number nine on the art on the top r&b slash hip-hop charts uh side note i did take a peek at wikipedia to get a start for the singles and charting information as none of my original articles has this right away
1: how dare you <laughs>
0: if i i that's one of the important things i like to add is is what were singles and how well they did and i open at least 30 tabs yeah that's when I do this.
1: that's generally the easiest place to start and then you can look at a and then you can so if you find i know
0: how wikipedia works
1: and then you can go through a billboard chart and make sure that the information is actually accurate
0: yes um so I did, at the end, because I, I wanted to flesh this out, I did, I did take a peek to get a start to go to the, the, the singles and charting. Um, I did find one, though, an article about it, and I, I thought it was interesting on Wiki to see that each song from the album sampled something else. So they, they listed your tracks... And then they had a section that th- is samples, this yep. and this. And, th- and I thought that was cool. I did recognize a lot of the songs that were, that were in it. I thought that was, it was cool to see all these different things coming together. Um, and my last note here before you uh, interrupt me. Compton hit gold status in just six weeks. It is now triple platinum status and is considered to be on the, wh- be sorry, one of the most influential hip-hop albums ever. It was the first platinum certified gangster rap record, was the first rap record to be inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, and has also been added to the National Recording Registry. Their influence can still be heard today in artists like Tupac, Eminem, 50 Cent, and Kendrick Lamar. And yes, I said today in Tupac, his music is still around. So thank you. Goodbye. Okay, so um, I'm gonna thank my sources. Uh, Thank you to NWA, No Author, No Date on Britannica.com. Thank you to Straight Outta Compton at 30, An Illustrated History of NWA by Ann Lee on October 16, 2019 on TheCultureTrip.com. Thank you to Straight Outta Compton, Why NWA's Debut Album Still Blows You Away by Ian McCann on August 8, 2022 on Yahoo.com. Thank you to NWA Straight Outta Compton by Pop Matters staff on April 29, 2002 on PopMatters.com. Thank you to NWA Straight Outta Compton Turns 30 and Is Just As Essential Today by Maeve McDermott, published August seventh two 2018 on USA Today. Uh, thank you to NWA Straight Outta Compton, 12 Things You Didn't Know by Corey Groh, published August 8, 2018 on Rolling Stone. Thank you to NWA Straight Outta Compton turns 30 anniversary retrospective by Jesse Ducker, um, published August 7, 2018, on al- albumism.com. I always struggle with that one. Thank you to number 70 NWA Straight Outta Compton 1988
1: by Splines the Cat,
0: <laughs> Brett Schweetz published May 26 on rs500albums.com. I'm surprised at this point; like you've got to remember him. Um, thank you to What You Need to Know About NWA Before Seeing Straight Outta Compton by Nico Amarca three years ago um, on s- com.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: And thank you to NWA's Straight Outta Compton Turns 25, A Look Back at the Influential 1988 Album by Matthew Jacobs, published August 8, 2013 on HuffPost.com. All right, Evan. Um, would you like to give us your review?
1: yeah i guess i can go first one of these days i'm gonna have you just go
0: you've already done that multiple times but continue go ahead
1: so i'm gonna proceed a little bit differently than i normally do
0: okay
1: i'm just gonna tell you now the rating and then i'm gonna give some of my opinions on it okay so it'd be like a b minus b plus okay so it like like i've said consistently it's not bad albums it's just not for me Mm-hmm. I think i'm at a i'm at well one I can't really relate to this album mm-hmm. I think that's some of these albums we can't relate to either, but we have a we have a more general sense of how to connect with an album right we have We can have some connections to it, but they may not be not the correct connections but a a common Mm -hmm. connection so i'm also at a point now i'm not going to sit here and say that i have never been a fan of hip-hop and rap and Mm -hmm. i'm I'm just gonna i'm gonna i i'm sure there's a distinction and that somebody will come after me for it but for now we're just i'm just going to call it rap Okay. And it was just a. It's just going to be a broad term. So there was a point where I was not sure who I was, kind of thing. Where I was, I was exploring different types of music.
0: Okay.
1: And I think I've gotten to a point where I have a general idea of what I like, and it's hard. To branch out of Mm -hmm. that, because I think it's it's the same kind of thing with I would think books. As you get older, there's there are certain things you know you like. You're gonna stick with that. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me as well to get into other genres. Right. Also, as I'm listening to it, I'm thinking of and here's they're not all in the same time frame but i'm going to i'm just going to throw out some bands to you i'm thinking 9 inch nails i'm thinking ministry i'm thinking FDM, i'm thinking that late 80s early 90s kind of industrial music okay so it's the same, they have a lot of samples they do i'll i'll play some early FDM for you so the music part of it's not bad like the music part of it's just something i can get behind Mm-hmm. But it's what's on top of it that I have trouble getting into.
0: Okay, you mean like the lyrics, the vocals?
1: Not necessarily. Yes, the that yes, the experiences, but more the delivery. Okay. The it's it's weird because you can make an argument that Nine Inch Nails and KMFDM are kind of delivered in the same style, but it's it's not. You wouldn't associate it with rap mm-hmm. like there's a there's a distinct line between the rap and the industrial mm-hmm. and I fall more on the industrial line so i I think the the back the backbone of the album makes a good industrial album but it's not like I said it's not something that I can connect to so there are parts of it that I do like mm-hmm. like i I didn't re i knew vaguely express yourself i don't think i knew that was nwa Mm -hmm. i don't know who i thought it was but i didn't like that i didn't know that there's nothing the the three big tracks would be express yourself fuck the police and straight out of compton i don't think they would be on a playlist in rotation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but those are the three that stood out as hey these are the the quote-unquote, good songs on the album for me. Mm -hmm. So, it's a weird, it's a weird place because I like some of the industrial, but I don't like the rap aspect. So, it's a a very weird kind of album for me to listen to.
0: What did you think of the movie?
1: It was okay. I mean, there are... Just because I say it's okay, it, it doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, there are... You've known this there are very few things there are very few movies very few CDs very few games that I absolutely love.
0: You yeah. use the term okay a lot for things in in life. I don't think I've ever heard you like you're right, very few games, very few albums, very few movies you've ever told me were good. I don't think I've ever heard you use the words like love it in regards to anything you can't there are a couple albums that i've told you you can't even tell me anything i cook is good i don't think i've ever gotten more than it's okay from you on anything i've ever cooked for you it's you just cannot commit to anything and tell that
1: to me 10 years ago 12 hold on Eleven. For eleven.
0: Fuck's sake, Evan! Jesus Christ!
1: I need to be committed.
0: Hmm. So I get it. You're a very harsh critic,
1: and I, and
0: I knew I knew going into this one that you were going to be more interested in the story than you were the album.
1: Yeah, and, and like I said, it just because it's okay to me doesn't mean that it's bad. You know, okay. that's okay. Ranges anywhere from like an eight and a half to like a six and a half you know it's it's very hard my scale for bad is a lot higher than other people's i think
0: you have zero tolerance
1: well they, they'll say it's a one or two this is bad but if it can be it can be a lot yeah I, I lost my train of thought mm-hmm. and i think it's making me sound worse yep. so i'm just gonna go let me go. just go
0: um so before doing this research i knew very little about nwa or the album and at the time of this research i hadn't seen the movie i'd asked you as i was doing this research if we could make time to watch it which which we did um but at the time of these notes i had not seen it and i i knew about a few of the singles but not much and the main thing i i knew is that this is where Dr. Drake, Dr. Dre came from, and that he went on to do the Chronic and, and give us Eminem um, and Beats, and Beats. Um, that Thanks. was that was about it. But now that I'm older, I was interested in listening to it. I'm not an NC Teen, and I'm not a suburban white boy trying to be black. So I, I was very interested. You're
1: it's a, it's an interesting because as a whole, you wouldn't be the market for this album.
0: Correct. Um, but I was very interested in it, like, especially once I, I read more of the story. And, and there was a lot I left out that happened after this album that I, I, I purposefully left out because it had nothing to do with this album. But after, you know, eazy died of AIDS and Ice Cube, um, he left shortly after this because he realized he was being screwed over financially and he went on to do things and they kind of had a rap battle back and forth on their their albums um then dr dre left and he started his his thing with suge knight and just you know a lot of like snowballing things happened um and fascinating stuff but wasn't a part of the history for just this album so I, I'm not sure exactly how I feel about this one. The music is great and the lyrics are brilliant. But it wasn't for me. Like you said, it, I'm not the target audience. Doesn't mean I don't feel compassion for those people and and what they've they've went through in their story. But it's not something I'm going to come back to again and again. It, it's an important album and I think it's something that everyone should listen to at least once. But for me... It's not, like I said, it's not something I'm going to come back to again and again. Rap and hip-hop just aren't the genres that I tend to go towards, and any of the songs in my library that fall under those categories are usually the ones that went mainstream and were really popular at one point in time. Eminem and Dre aside, um, Chameleon Air, Roland. Yep. (laughs) I love that song. (laughs) How
1: about, uh, what was it, Holiday Inn?
0: Say what? Yeah. I I mean, that
1: was, that blew up.
0: Yeah, but the ones that I like are the ones that went mainstream. Um, I didn't keep anything, but as I said, this is a very important album with a strong message that still rings true today. And while it's not for me, it, de- it deserves its place on the list. And I, I think everybody should listen to it. Um, and for those that aren't a fan of hip hop or aren't familiar with hip hop, I would do it reading the lyrics cause that's, that's super important. Lyrics are super important. Um, and as for the movie, I've, I've told you this before, biopics, yep. my faves, regardless of the genre of music, I love it. I absolutely love them. And so I, I was just so enthralled watching it. I was so immersed in the story. I felt awful just watching that stuff happen. And it, it breaks my heart. But, I mean, I, I don't want to say there's nothing I can do. I don't know what to do. Um. But, okay, so I'm going to jump back to the movie here in a second. I gave the album an A for what it was, but a C for me.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
0: But after watching the movie and watching the scenes where they were performing this stuff, I bet I would think differently about it if I was watching it live and feeling that energy you know and instead of just listening to it while I'm at work it so I I was I was really into it and I don't know if you saw but I was like sitting here like bobbing my head and and having my foot and I was not doing that at work so um it, it was just something about watching that atmosphere happen that made a change for me so I wanted to bring that up but what what are you looking up now?
1: No, finish your finish your grade, and then I'll ask you.
0: Uh, that was my grade. Um, is this oh, okay. your is this your question or no?
1: This is this is a whole separate thing. Okay. So there's a movie called Some Kind of Monster. Okay. It's about the recording of Saint Anger, And okay. Headfield's kind of struggles and all that. Would you consider that a biopic? probably so like a so like a behind the scenes documentary kind of thing you might um be interested in
0: a documentary and a biopic are two different things um but, uh documentary
1: yeah i think it
0: they're they're still interesting but i, I do like, also like the the little like fictionalization of, of you stuff. don't like
1: like like the um
0: I loved Based on True Stories.
1: Like the VH1 behind whatever. Those
0: were, yeah, those were okay, but it those those always felt too much like a history lesson.
1: Okay. I I just wasn't sure what... Like I, could, I was
0: being lectured. You, it reminded me of rolling out the big TV on the cart on in school on movie days and having to sit there and watch a movie in history class. Okay. That, like,
1: personal opinion. Like a... Behind the scenes of Iron Maiden's Live After Death would not interest you, but a fictionalized talking about uh, the number of the beast going into, like, well, if you look from killers to peace of mind with Paul Deano's getting getting fired and then bringing in Bruce Dickinson and stuff like that, that, that would interest you. Yeah, I think okay. so.
0: Should I even bother asking you about Final Thoughts? Nope. Okay. So it's definitely an important album that I said I feel everyone should listen to once, regardless of if you're a fan of rap and hip-hop or not. It talks about important social issues, which to me makes it just as important as one of Bob Dylan's. While it's not for everyone, it was so impactful and the message was necessary. Um, All right.
1: I'm going to interrupt you from okay. throwing to me. Uh, I want to do a couple things for this day in history because I have a feeling that the question could go on for a ways. Okay. So this should be released February 10th. Yes. February 10th, 1942. Okay. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And uh, then
0: came here and slaughtered a bunch of innocent people and took their land.
1: Chattanooga choo-choo. Choo-choo by Glenn Miller and his orchestra, became the first recording to be awarded a gold record. It was actually just a master copy of the disc splayed with gold lacquer by RCA as a publicity stunt. The actual award recognized today as a gold record would not be initiated for another 16 years when the Recording Industry Association of America borrowed the idea and trademarked the gold record. The first gold single was awarded to you have any idea
0: no because you didn't even tell me what year
1: 1958 elvis perry como oh, okay and the first gold album was given to elvis gordon McRae for the soundtrack to oklahoma okay it's I just that. it's an interesting one was
0: perry como's song
1: um
0: we have no bananas
1: Catch a Falling Star. I
0: don't even know if that was his. (laughs) I don't either. I heard somebody talking about that today on one of the 8,000 podcasts I listened to.
1: 1971. American singer-songwriter Carole King released her second studio album, Tapestry.
0: It's on this list, isn't it?
1: It is one of the best-selling albums of all time with over 25 million copies sold. Um,
0: Had we planned better, we could have done that today.
1: Which is what I was trying to tell you. (laughs) But no.
0: <laughs> you tried to tell me that today. <laughs> hey.
1: I'm just saying that I told you before we started recording that, hey, we should do this album. Yep. Uh, I think it's the highest album on this list by a female artist. I think it's in the top ten. Well,
0: I'll have to look at that. Um,
1: 1978. Van Halen released their self-titled studio album. Uh, peaking at number 19 on the Billboard 200. The album went on to sell more than 10 million copies in the U.S. Um, You know the song Eruption? This guitar solo? No. Uh, It's considered one of the best electric guitar solos of all time and popularized the technique of two-handed tapping.
0: I bet I would recognize it if I heard it, but I don't know my name.
1: I think it goes into You Really Got Me. I think it's how it...
0: You, oh, you normally yes, hear yes, that yes, long yes, solo
1: yes, and yes. then it goes... Yeah. Uh, 1990. This artist started a three-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with Opposites Attract. Paul Abdul. Her fourth U.S. number one. I know this one's for you. 2002. American folk singer Dave Van Ronk died at age 65. An important figure in the American folk music revival in New York City's Greenwich Village scene in the 60s, he was nicknamed the mayor of MacDougal Street. Bob Dylan recorded Van Ronk's arrangement of the traditional song House of the Rising Sun on his first Mm -hmm. album, which The Animals turned into a number one UK single in what year?
0: 64. 64. I got it right! That's my favorite song.
1: And... We have a couple of birthdays. So again, February 10th. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith. Created the music for scores of classic movies and television shows. Star Trek, Planet of the Apes, The Man from U.N.C.L.E., and Dr. Kildare. That's... The last one is the only one I don't know. 39. 29. <laughs> uh, here's the name I'm... I think you know. Roberta Flack?
0: Yeah. Killing Me Softly.
1: Yep. Uh, what year was that? Do you know?
0: 60 something? 73. I, that's what I said.
1: 73. Yep. U.S. number one.
0: Um, 41.
1: Take two of those numbers and flip them around. 24.
0: 37.
1: What? <laughs> it was released in 73. Take oh. two of those numbers and flip them around. <laughs> It's interesting that I brought up, like, Metallica's Some Kind of Monster, or the the f- proposed Iron Maiden one. Cliff Burton. Mm-hmm. February 10th, 19...
0: 45.
1: You're way off. 62.
0: <laughs> you keep jumping, like... These massive decade, come on, man.
1: Okay, so, we have time for this question, correct?
0: Evan's question corner.
1: Okay, so, before I get into the question, I need to make sure that we are on the same page with things.
0: Okay.
1: So, Dre had a big production career after this. Yes. Correct? Ice Cube had a, I don't know how substantial, but he had a significant movie career mm-hmm. after this. For better, for worse, we're gonna say that those are the only two that
0: that did anything that
1: were successful after mm-hmm. NWA. Do you agree? This is like I said. This is we're not at the question yet. Agree or disagree that fuck the police was the reason this album was one of the reason was the not necessarily the main reason but was the reason that this album was successful because of the publicity and because of everything that happened related to that song would you think
0: i see it, would you
1: say that that's fair all not necessarily correct but a fair well, statement there's
0: a saying that no publicity is bad publicity
1: would you you would agree that that's a Wait, fair statement to make
0: that didn't come out right there is no such thing as bad publicity. I don't know. Yeah.
1: But that's a that's a fair statement yeah. to make. So would it be fair to say that if Fuck the Police was not on this record, that Dre would not have had the chronic and that Snoop Dogg may not have been a thing and that Eminem may not have existed because of... Or Ice Cube's movie career because of if it's just another underground group that doesn't that had that puts out a couple albums and that doesn't um i'm trying to think of a i'm trying to think of an artist that you know had released a couple albums and that they were they were doing they were doing some small tours but they never really broke out and that Fuck the Police broke them out and because of their success they were able to springboard that into their other successes.
0: You ask long-winded questions. I think this group would have been just as successful with or without Fuck the Police on the album. I think... That song helped them a lot. And like I said, the, the publicity with it helped them. If it wasn't on this album, it was going to be on there next. They, they played a... It was a risk, risky move for them. And to put it on their debut album. Because they had to have known how controversial yeah. it was. And to do that when you're not really established... Could shoot yourself, could, oh my god, could shoot yourself in the foot before you even get out the gate. I think that, yeah, all the, the, um, what's the word? The something back, something, please cut all this. The, um, pushback? Sure. Pushback from people in authority you know the cops the fbi it only made it it was the forbidden fruit you know and and have the riots i think that you know that only helped it because it was a thing it it was so risqué that everybody wanted it but in in light of everything that was happening around it if it wasn't on this record it was going to be on the very next one to follow it up and it was going to be a huge hit because it it just it was the perfect storm of things which
1: i i get that it's that that song has a that that song would be successful i kind of disagree that it would be as successful released at a later time because it's one of those here we are we don't care. We're gonna do what we want to do. You know, we don't. Yeah, but the
0: Rodney King thing happened. How how long after this album?
1: Four years. Four but, years. But it, and
0: then it, there was a resurgence of the song. They could have done it as a response to Rodney King, and it would have been as popular. Yeah,
1: but if if like they release it, if this comes out in eighty eight, and then they release it in ninety, I don't think it's as successful. I right, I think it's still a success. But I don't think it's as as successful because it's not on the debut album.
0: I think things were so bad there that people just wanted to be heard. That well, yeah, they, which... that I think it would have happened no matter what because people loved NWA. People loved the message that they were spreading because it was truth. It was finally somebody was speaking up for them. And, and people th- like them. And
1: I, th- like I said, I think that that plays more on the releasing with the debut album because it's okay here we are we're we're like you we're gonna say everything that you want to say now but if you release that later it's like okay how much of this is it's still true but how much of it is because there's some not necessarily pressure to stay on that that path of mm-hmm. being aggressive and upfront. what's really surprising to me is I know it's a different kind of thing. It, it's a little bit tamer than cop killer body count, which was ice tea, not ice cube, but that got released on the album, and then that actually got pulled. And is not on any releases following. It's not on the re-release of that album. It's not on any greatest hits albums that exist. That that song basically does not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised that this didn't go that... That there wasn't enough pushback to try and get that pulled. Well... Because it's, it's... I think Cop Killer was like 92... Early, yeah. it was early '90s, so it's around the same time frame. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if it may have gotten pulled because of "fuck the police," because we've all, we have we have this message kind of already out there. We need to kind of do something.
0: Well, and for those people who didn't really know and are only taking a song at face value, title alone "fuck the police" is less threatening than yeah. "cop killer."
1: Yeah, you you get into that song, and that's that's. Very cut and dry as to what that song is about.
0: Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I can't blame them for having to deal with stuff like that. But I don't know. Um, Again, you're asking a very thought-provoking question that I don't have a strong answer to. You didn't like my answer. But I gave it anyway. It was okay. It was okay. All right. Um, Do you have a recommendation?
1: I would... I... (sighs) I don't know if it's a good recommendation, but I would see. No, I had it. It's like the. It's like I I merged brains with spleens, and we only had one brain cell, and it wasn't my turn to use it. So no, I don't have anything anymore.
0: Jesus, I I, re- I really recommend watching Straight Outta Compton, um, just like I recommend listening to the album. And again, you take it with. A grain of salt. Not everything happened exactly that way because it's based on a true story. But I believe I believe it's one of the better based on a true story stories I've seen because of the the backup behind it. Um, and it's it's important that we don't forget stuff like that because it's still happening it's ridiculous how accurate that stuff is and it's supposed to be from the 80s so um i recommend that um do you have anything else to add before i close it out you're playing on your phone you're not even paying attention
1: no i'm i'm trying to pull up the lyrics for cop killer for you uh i don't have anything right now so so
0: okay well Thank you for listening. Um, find us on Instagram and Twitter at Worst on Mars. Uh, find us on Facebook, worst on Mars at at facebook.com. That's not a thing. <laughs> find us at Facebook at the worst podcast on Mars. Send us an email, WorstPodOnMars on Mars at gmail.com. Say hi. Um, let us know what you think. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Um,
1: Answer my thought provoking questions. Or not. in a more satisfactory manner meaning agree with me
0: whatever um, on Tuesdays we do little mini episodes called Reviews Days and Evan is calling that not me I like to call them mini Martians and it annoys him which makes it even better and we just pick albums we take turns picking albums where we just do the review section of it so if there's something you would like us to review give us a, a suggestion and, and we'll add it to our list and um, I think that's everything. Did I do it all? I think so. Time to time to pet spleens? Yep. Pet the so, cat. Okay. Next week we're doing John Coltrane's A Love Supreme. Goodbye.
1: Does it have sour cream on it?
0: Get off. What?
1: The Ferguson Unrests. Uh, were a series of protests and riots, which began in Ferguson on August tenth, two thousand fourteen. That was a lot, long, <laughs> long longer ago than I mm-hmm. thought it was. The day after the fatal shooting uh, by a police officer, the unrest sparked a vigorous debate about the relationship between law enforcement officers and African Americans, the militarization of police, and the use of force in Missouri and nationwide.
0: Okay, I need a drink.
1: So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it in the episode. If you look at uh, most tracks on Apple Music, it'll tell you who wrote it, right? So, Fuck the Police, written by, which is weird the way this is done, it's Andre Young. So, he's not credited as Dr. J. Dr. Dr. J. That would make sense that he's not (laughs) credited as Dr. J. Ice Cube, O. Jackson which is weird because there are other ones where he's credited as O'Shea Jackson. Uh, L. Patterson, but Angus Young. And I I had to stop. I'm like, wait a minute. So, I went to the sample, like you were saying on the samples, and I'm like, I don't see the ACDC here. I think it's a different Angus Young. But it's still like, Angus Young helps with this? <laughs> All right. All right, you
0: ready to do my... mm um, next week, we're going to do John Cole strains, so mess that up. Please don't put that in there. I know you're going to put it in there anyway.